Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. You look at your schedule to prepare for the day ahead. On it, you see two children being seen for well child checks. At the last visit, Micah, who was four years old, was in the 90th percentile for weight. Tara, his sister, who's 12, was in the 87th percentile. You've read recently about new evidence-based guidelines on caring for children and adolescents with obesity, and you wonder, how's this going to impact my visit today with these children, and how should I address their weight? What can I offer them as guidance and help to prevent the morbidity and mortality that goes with their clinical state? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me this morning is Dr. Susan Feeney, Director of the Gerontology and Family Nurse Practitioner Programs at the UMass Chan Medical School, Tan Chingfen Graduate School of Nursing. Hi, Susan. Hey, Frank. Oh, childhood obesity is going to pressure us all for the next 30 to 40 years, I fear. Um, before we get into the details of Micah and Tara, um, how about just remind us what's, defined, what's the, the clinical definition from the American Academy of Pediatrics of being overweight and what is obesity? Right. And for this, the CDC and the AAP, I'm happy that they've given us these, these categories. So basically, uh, BMI between 5th and the 85th percentile is considered healthy weight. Okay, so there's a big range there. So if once a child is in the 85th to 95th percentile, they are considered, that is considered overweight. If they have a BMI that's equal to the 95th percentile or or greater, that meets the criteria for obesity. And importantly, if you have a child whose BMI is greater than 120% of that 95th percentile, um, then that is severe obesity. So they, we have very clear guidelines on wh- what the weight categories are for defining sort of ideal weight, overweight, obesity, and severe obesity. And just to note that the CDC has new charts out that have these designations and upper limits there, they, which is nice because we haven't had them in a, quite a while, uh, an update on that. So we have new growth charts from the CDC. Uh, as you point out, this is a huge problem. The estimates are at least one in six children meet this criteria for obesity. And so that, that puts a great deal of pressure on us all. Can you talk a little bit about the key points from the new evidence-based guidelines? Well, what they've done is really give some clarity on a couple of parameters. First of all, they determine who and when you should screen for obesity, what risk factors you want to look for, existing comorbidities such as hypertension, and then they give good guidelines to evaluate for weight-related abnormalities, uh, liver abnormalities, lipids, glucose abnormalities, and recommend various checking lipids, checking ALTs, and then they give very clear guidance on intervention. So they want us to treat obesity and comorbidities concurrently. So if a child is 85% uh, above the 85% percentile, intensive behavior therapy, which involves 26 hours over three to 12 months of face-to-face intervention with a nutritionist and uh, behavior 
uh, therapist. And then if for 12-year-old uh, children who are greater than 95%, they recommend pharmacotherapy along with the intensive behavior therapy. And then for 13-year-olds, the 13-year-olds and greater who have severe obesity, to consider referral to bariatric surgery. And severe obesity is defined of having a BMI greater than 120%. Is that correct? Correct. Of the 95th percentile, right. All right. So just to recap, screen, identify comorbidities, including blood pressure, liver tests, glucose, etc., and then initiate treatment. So 26 hours of behavioral therapy, how are we going to get that for our patients? Yeah, most people are going to read that and go, that's, that's unattainable. But this is really something where you'd want to refer. You can, um, if you don't have the capacity in your office or in your agency, trying to refer to an academic center where they would have nutritionists specifically for, you know, for childhood. Um, and they would also have a plan for, this is also something that needs to be done for the family, not just for the child. So these programs exist. And, you know, finding them can be a challenge, but it would be referring to those professionals that can really meet those criteria. I couldn't agree with you more. This is really hard. And getting intensive behavioral therapy is something that challenges us all for even one or two hours, let alone 26 hours. Uh, So your your point's very well taken. You're probably going to need some assistance. Well, let's talk about Micah and Tara. Micah's at the 90th percentile and Tara's at at the 87th. What should we be doing for them today? Well, according to this, we would definitely want to consider, especially for Tara, you know, screening maybe metabolic abnormalities, looking at, you know, doing some testing on her lipids and her ALT, because that may um, indicate more uh, intensive types of intervention. But most importantly is to, to really talk about the intensive behavioral therapy. And it's, they're both from the same family doing, what, what really is stressed by the guideline is take some time, get some history, find out what, you know, what obstacles might be for these families to eat in a healthy way and to get, get activity, and then see if you can uh, refer as soon as possible to a, for intensive behavior therapy for the family to be able to get healthy eating. And the key is to do all of this in a non-judgmental way, is to say this is really for their health, not for their appearance. This is, this is so that they don't have a lifetime of, of disability from some of these uh, really devastating diseases that are associated with, with obesity. Yeah, I think that's that the current challenge is being able to address children with obesity and not offend or compromise your relationship with the parent um, or make anyone's self-esteem diminished. So, Arl, Susan, this is a big, big topic. It's going to challenge us all. Thank you for discussing it today. You're more than welcome. Obesity is a common, complex, and chronic condition. Be sure to screen children, assess for comorbidities, and know when and how to treat this chronic disease to prevent or limit the sequelae of obesity-related conditions. Join us next time when we talk about the screening, diagnosis, and management of alcohol abuse disorder. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.